Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. Ah! On this week's episode of the Nailed It Wall, we have our boss man, Mr. Galetti, is sitting in the hot seat. We're going to be asking him some tough questions about what are some of the biggest obstacles in education, where is education going, and what is he most excited about for the future of education. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to episode 21 of the Nailed It Wall. I'm Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And I'm Mrs. Schofield. And I'm Mr. Galetti. Well, it's, a, it's an exciting time. We are, we are so honored to have you on the Nailed It Wall for years and years. Me and Mrs. Schofield, we're going back and forth, kind of talking about getting a podcast going. And then last year, every opportunity you had, you, you planted the seed and like you are. Is that the right analogy? Yeah. Okay. Well all right. All right. <laughs> well you, you, you've been a little harsh on me the last uh, week well, or two here. Them, uh, I've been butchering some <laughs> analogies here. And uh, and so every single time we would talk to you, you're, you're talking about getting a, a podcast in room, soundproofing and getting mics. And you're just so passionate about podcasts and really pushing us to to get to there. And like when summer came around last summer, we're like, that's our number one goal. We're like, we're going to get the podcast off the, off the ground. I mean, we've bought books. We've, we spent like hundreds of dollars on books, maybe not hundreds of dollars, but trying to learn about like the whole podcasting thing. And, and now people are reaching out to us from Mountain Ridge, other people excited about our podcast and I feel like we're starting to get a hang of it yeah I mean slowly but surely but a huge huge journey because we did try you know quite quite a few times but it is a learning curve for sure over the years like each year like we would we would try to find the time to kind of get this thing off the ground but we're here episode 21 you're finally on the podcast now where does your love of podcast come from yeah yeah happy to be here I hear oh did did we introduce you Go ahead. Did I cut you off? Oh. I don't know. I have no oh, yeah, idea. he said his name. Yeah, yeah I'm no. sorry about that. All right. I got so excited. Yeah, like, I'm oh, just there we go. in the room. <laughs> Tony in I'm the not room. Skyping in. Um, no, I think the, the cool thing about podcasting is it's so accessible now. And, mm-hmm. and with, with GarageBand and with technology and with the modern microphones, you can do professional sounding things for next to nothing. So I really got hooked on podcasts when I, w- I just started when I was running. So I would you know I'm, I'm a runner so i would pick up um you know you can only listen to music for so long yeah and sometimes you just kind of want to zen out and just um i found po- like audiobooks were good for a while but then podcasts there's if you have a topic or an interest anything you like there's a po- there's at least a dozen podcasts for you that are out there that are that are just free all this information all these experts you know, every celebrity seems to have their own podcast now, and it's you true. can just pick pick up so much information for you know, for nothing, while you're while you're going about your day, while you're driving, while you're running, while you're. I can't believe you listen to them while you're running. Yeah. What are you talking about? You go to the gym and you listen to and our you podcast. Told me it's like, the worst possible time yeah, to yeah. listen to the podcast because, but I I do agree with you in some ways. But I'm not running at the gym like that. I think that would be tough for me. And I, you run long distances too. Yeah. Well, like, that's it. I mean. Yeah, if, if you, you know, you can't sprint for hours and hours on end. Are so, we talking like war, you know, war and peace? Like you really need like a lot. Like some of your yeah, your yeah, runs well, are really well, long. I, I, you know, I a few years back when I was overseas, I got into ultra marathoning, which is you know hours and hours and you know the better part of a day when you're when you're doing a long race. You're like an urban urban legend. <laughs> so, you know, you can't just keep like that. 185 beats per minute music going that whole time so i that's when i got into audiobooks and podcasts because you can just it's really 
you're you're not you're not going so fast that you have to concentrate on on, on like tripping. Yeah. You're just kind of going, and and your mind can wander while you're doing that. And and before you know it, you've got you've gone an hour, and you've you're through a podcast. I have to be really honest. If I ran for an hour, my mind would not wander. No. It would <laughs> it would go immediately to medic. Please, I'm just saying. Now, how long is an ultra marathon? Well, an ultra marathon technically is anything longer than you know twenty six point two miles, which is the marathon distance. So, so twenty six point three could be considered that an right, ultra exactly. marathon. That's right. So that walk back <laughs> there's to the, the car finish line. I'm run. like, I'm keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get my medal at, at twenty six point three. <laughs> exactly. So uh, typically, I mean, usually the, the shortest official um, ultra marathons are like fifty k, yeah, which is just a little over thirty miles. What's the longest one? Well, they, uh, they run for like weeks, like in the desert. Yeah, right? they like have they... they have marathons that go on for for crazy indeterminate amounts of time. They they have like timed events, but really the the standard distances are like the fifty k, mm-hmm. um, the hundred k, and then the hundred mile, and then now there's more and more two hundred mile um, marathons popping up. The longest I've ever gone is a hundred k. It's just it's truly amazing. Yeah. To me. And for our listeners and ourselves who are not math people, yeah. what, so what is 100K that's translate? That's right around 63 miles. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Wow. So, kind of like two and a half marathons. And then it's typically done on, on trails and through mountains and not just on roads. When you run something like that, are, do you have a running buddy that's pacing with you? Or is this like a pretty solo thing when you it get can to be that either. kind of? Yeah. How do people typically? So there's run? really like two schools of thought on it, like. Some people think it's, you know, it needs to be done, you know, all self-powered and, and, and all you. And, you know, you carry a, a pack with you to have water and gear and, and calories and everything. And then there's checkpoints along the way um, and little aid stations. But um, in some races, they allow you to have pacers after a certain amount of, of time. So you can run with somebody that's hmm. there to pace you and be with you. And then some, they don't allow it at all. No, and especially if, like if there's like a lot of the courses go through like uh, state or federal parks. So there's like a limited number of people allowed on the course. So you can't have extra people out there Interesting. by permit. That's why they get the word ultra in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm fascinated by this world you live in. But for me, I, I, I enjoy it as a like a solo effort to challenge like myself. Mm. Wow. All right. Well, we got off on a tangent there. <laughs> uh, so that's why we love are, the podcast. Yeah. Right all right. To bring us back. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that's why we're here today. You know, it's yeah. like you really inspired us totally. uh, to get this off the ground. So we are so pumped up um, and we've been loving it. Everything we talked about, you were in class the other day and you were shocked that the podcast has been downloaded on five continents. You still say six. Like, it's got to be six because we know in People, Australia that have people listened. have listened. So I feel like we're getting robbed. But eight downloads in Ghana. So we want to give whoever yeah. our listeners Ghana, are. Ghana, if you are listening in Ghana, yeah, so we would like to acknowledge send us you. a direct message. Yes, and please we, do. We, yeah. we have some uh, the Nailed It Wall merch. Yes. We want to we want to hear from you. We are you you were pumped for Ghana. I was so pumped. <laughs> but that, that's the power of podcasting. So Ghana, <laughs> if you're listening, send us a message. We Not have the whole country, we, but just whoever is listening in Ghana. Yeah, we, we have we, some merch we have an official uh, our first official. Uh, uh, nailed it while merch bag coming mm-hmm. your way. It's true. You're covering postage, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Um, with that being said, we start every episode with the nailed it while Schofield. How did you nail it this week? I had an epically awesome bit of news on Friday. 
and uh, for my nailed it in a good way. And that was that, you know, again, you and I put in rapid fire three grant proposals within a short period of time. I don't they know were if it doing was the days. same day. Yeah, really like three. And they were, you know, it took some effort. And we did totally different proposals for each of the things. And this one was for our announcements crew, and it was to do a whole thing. Uh, about, you know, the morning announcements and really kind of giving them tools to take things to the next level that we've been all talking about that we really want to let them do. Which each week we've been talking about celebrating these announcement crew kids and we haven't even got to the point of like really celebrating all the hard work they've put in. And and just yesterday I was at my PLC and so many people are talking about like what we were doing in our announcements and how we can get our school's announcements to that level and and student run. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. You're totally fine. Every episode we've started, we're like, we're like we got we got to share about our announcements <laughs> crew know. and then well they are for, for some reason we cut them they, off they are campus celebrities too though yeah so there's I mean, that intrinsic i love love hearing people talk about them like honestly brady I was so excited when he found he had fans yeah brady <laughs> is. that one kid came up to you and like he's so like cute. he's like where was brady where was he wasn't brady? on today i know he's my favorite and then you know each of them each of them has their own fan base and you know Anyway, I don't want to go too much on that one because I think we should do a whole thing on them because they're just there's so much there to celebrate and talk about. Well, first, tell us what the title of the grant because we always talk about how important titles of the grants are. Yeah, so it was something. Uh, I think it was that I um, I have some great news for you. I think that's what it was, right? It was. Yes. Yeah. So because I was really you know kind of like writing this up, and I feel like sometimes when we're writing grants, don't you feel like sometimes it just comes to you and you really hadn't really planned it, but then it was just kind of like whatever just kind of flows and, and you think, oh, you know, okay, that turned out well. And it was just meant to be. Like It was just meant to be, this one was. And I didn't feel super confident about this, not because I didn't think that the grant was a, a well-written proposal, but because when you're trying to explain what the announcements have become and what we intend for them to be on our campus where it's connecting K through eight and teachers you know, all staff and really celebrating the things that are happening on our school and uh, used as more just than just communicating details uh, to students about what they need to know, but really just creating that kind of culture on our campus. And that was what I was hoping is sometimes you don't know if people will say, yeah, that's worth $5,000 because they want to know that their money is having an impact on a certain number of kids. And so you just worry that that won't come across, but it did. And it was just the most remarkable feeling. And the lady said, you know, you're the proposal, the write-up was, it just really spoke to us and definitely what the kids are doing, you know, we could, we could hear that. We can see that in that. And um, your enthusiasm was very, very apparent. And so they want to come out and do a whole thing because it's a news focus type thing. You know, it's morning news. They want the news, like actual news to come out and have a baseball player come out and the mascot, which, you know, is a big stretch for me because I even told the lady, like you have a phobia of mascots. I 100% (laughs) did hoping she would kind of backpedal the mascots but no no she didn't and so I'm gonna be brave and strong about that but I have not told my kids uh, yet so I didn't want to tweet anything out because I want the announcements kids to hear it before you know I put it out on something because a lot of them are now following us on Twitter and they listen to the nailed it wall and things like that this will air after I tell them but I just I cannot wait to tell them that someone sees value in what they're doing and is investing in them but then this it doesn't just involve this group of kids 
it's such a big impact because it's the editing program to, so we can teach the kids how to use that you know final cut pro it's um the podcaster, which we're like dying to use that with teleprompters. So just teaching them really the ins and outs of how all of that is connected and really taking it to the next level. But then it also goes into like, you know, creating like an intro for a YouTube channel or the video editing and, um, uh, was it Brady and Isabella when they were, they came back from the Ridge freshman night and yes. they saw like Ridge has this whole entire room that's a green screen room and they they don't have people in there like all the sounds in another room they're like yeah I'm really interested in and in doing the announcements next year and like we were just so excited about like these kids like showing them what they could do and you know taking that to the next level and then we're like wow we got to visit this Ridge uh, announcement setup yeah. yeah Ridge we really want to come see your setup so we'll be in contact but you know in a even if those two kids, like if you talk about them, Brady did not do announcements before this year. And he only joined whenever, I, I don't even remember how each of them individually got roped in besides Bailey and Isabella, bless them, that they've been the pioneers for this whole thing. But, you know, Brady was just kind of a, it just happened. And then he shows up all the time and he's been committed and that is huge. And so for him to now to think of like, I'm going to do this in high school, I was blown away. And Isabella, I feel like she's really found her voice in a totally different way this year. And so for her to be interested, it kind of be, can be a little scary for someone that's more of an introvert, you know, to jump into something like that that's so visible in public in high school. So I that just blew my mind. But yeah, so this was a huge thing. And um, I'm really, really excited for our campus and what that's going to allow us to offer them and teach them and just, you know, what it'll let us to do, you know, with just that. a celebration alone, like your kids are going to lose like their minds. And the fact 500 tickets to a D-backs game on top of that, I mean, talk about like a grant win there, you know, that is a, what an amazing way to celebrate even towards the end of the year with, with a lot of your eighth graders as they get on, Ugh, get ready to move to on to high me. school. I know I'm going to be such a mess, but you know, I do want to just say a very sincere thank you to Diamondbacks because these are the people, you know, these are the groups that really make such an impact in our schools. Like we, we have all these dreams and things that we want to take, you know, things to another level. And so for them to invest in something that's different, you know, that's kind of a different thing. It's not just Chromebooks or iPads or stuff like that, which I know there's huge needs for all over. This is like, it's just that extra thing that we want to do for the kids, but it's such a, a mark, you know, not marketable skill, but like a life skill. And it teaches them so many different things. And, you know, I'm so grateful to the Diamondbacks for this, this opportunity, you know, and, and their grant was pretty straightforward, which thank you. That's hugely helpful. Those <laughs> applications can be pretty beastly. Yeah. And last week we talked a lot about just take your shot. You know, you yeah. have an idea, like you never know. And I feel like education and support of public education is going this thing where we would always try to play it a little safe we tow the line mm-hmm. we you know want to go once one foot into the deep end does that analogy work we're gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then See um, what I mean, people <laughs> and then uh and, and just like take that shot and like you know we, we we took these shots and just it's been just an amazing like two weeks you know yeah, with all these things happening good, yeah good <laughs> well i mean we put in for yeah. three grants and between the two of us, we got every one of them. And that that just, like, but you wouldn't get that unless you put it out there. And that was hard to put three and grant proposals. And you talked about Samsung, too. So and like, Samsung was, like, right after that. And so that is an awful lot of, you know, commitment even just on our parts to let 
sit down. Those are all three different grant proposals. We asked for different things. We didn't just take one and slap it into three different places. So I am super, super grateful. And I know that that's kind of like a geez, but you know, we, we took our shots every single time. And we also feel really passionate. You have to really put a lot into these grant write-ups because they want to know that this is worth their time and their money and you want to paint that picture and that's what you've always talked about is like painting a picture and so you're right the the title is important the having your your passion come through is really important so I'm super pumped and my failed it you know I, we have our dancing drone competition as I've mentioned several times and 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 the girls have been working and it has been tough is tough. It was a really tough moxie for me on Monday. Uh, not because of the girls. It's never because of the girls. It was because we could not get the um, the drones to even turn on. I don't know. Something was wonky with the batteries and the charging, and that was really, really discouraging. And and I was on my own, and so I was trying to be really tough in front of the girls, but I was feeling really discouraged. And then. Once we got the batteries to kind of kick in, then the connectivity, we just had like majority of our, our time. And our time is running out. It's like a sieve, you know, I'm just watching this time because I knew the deadline was coming up. Again, details are not my strength. So when is the deadline? It is tomorrow. So I thought we had to like Wednesday or Friday, but that's because I'm thinking of Samsung, which is also coming up. So we have all these different things that, you know, we have a video that we're trying to make and there's things that we're trying to accomplish. And so, there's a lot on your plate. There's a lot on my plate. <laughs> so I pulled it up and sure enough, it's due tomorrow. So that's fine. It's kind of a... It's going to be great. It's going to be great. But it does feel like I failed it because I, sh I need to have like a good spreadsheet about dates, but that's not really my area of strength, but I'm going to grow in that. So it's going to be fine and we're going to see what we can do. And I... I mean, you got to see the girls in action this week. They came in, majority of the girls came in in the mornings before school. Two of the days, it was pouring rain, and they showed up. And I'm like, we are legitimately going to have to record announcements with them flying their drones inside because we didn't have any other choice. So it was quite an interesting morning. It was that I think you popped in that day, too. And how many kids? I mean, I had so many kids in my classroom that morning. It was awesome. It was. It really was the coolest morning just to see the dedication of them showing up because they're trying to get this ready. And we'll see what happens. You know, you can. You just have to do the very best you can. Tomorrow's going to be a great day, partner. Yeah. What was your nail this week, Mr. Galetti? Well, this is probably a little bit of a cop-out, but um, <laughs> we just had our um, our staff Christmas party last night. And our PTSO, I mean, they you talk about nailed it. They, they pulled out all the stops. Oh, my gosh. Through caution to the wind. And uh, they were so generous, they invited the whole staff from – um, teachers to our Viper Den after school staff to our custodial staff everybody was invited and uh, our student teachers and everybody even yeah. got a plus one on top of that so we had almost a hundred people out there last night and it was just such a good time to get together off campus and mm -hmm. just have uh, you know have fun there was bowling ropes course laser tag you know great buffet spread of food they even they, they, I had no idea that they did a raffle for us they had some leftover items from the gala and they raffled off um, all kinds of items. And so one of my, you know, one of my goals this year was to really, you know, we had kind of a, a transition in our PTSO where we had a lot of uh, people that had eighth graders promoting or even that had kids that had promoted prior. And that like last year was kind of their last year 
they had been a crew that had been around for years. And so last year I was kind of sweating, like who's going to be, yeah. who's going to step in and fill those big shoes on PTSO. And so I really tried to make it a goal to try and find, um, you know, some people and build, build those relationships and try to, to build that community, you know, with myself too, only being here a little over a year um, and make sure that we can strengthen that, that um, support with our community and with our parents. And, um, you know, last night was just kind of a microcosm of, of how the year has gone. They've done so many things to support us. Um, they've they've thought outside the box. They've done some new events. The um, Sips truck, I mean, on Friday, all the teachers yeah. are just smiling, like talking about a great way to end the right. week. Like, you know, and Sips is like a mobile coffee truck that PTSO is like, was it once a month? Like, yeah. given the uh, the staff, like One their Friday coffee order. and. That just just the morale of that staff is uh, pretty awesome. I love Sips Days, and I can't believe they did that the Friday right before they're throwing this yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like, because it takes a lot of work. I see them, you know, it's that morning that they're bringing the coffee. That's a lot. That's a lot. And then what they had to do last night yeah. was really awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it, the, it's been a month for them. I think, you know, we are just probably a little over a month out of off of uh, Bingo, which was mm -hmm. a huge success. Then huge success. The Veterans Day uh, you know, assembly and uh, there's a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't see that they do to, to organize that and get the breakfast going for the veterans beforehand, even before the assembly. And then right after that, the next day is, was the, uh, the first annual gala oh, at the yeah. Arizona Broadway That's theater, right. literally the next day. And then now it's two weeks later and they, they threw this party for us. And then they had sip struck on Friday. So they have really reached out and expanded. They're getting a lot more, um, you know, parents involved and they're all, um, parents of second graders they just happen to all be second grade parents um, so you know they're bringing a whole new generation of uh, of support as parents and it was just you know it's been a, a wonderful year and so I, I definitely consider that I nailed it just not the, the event last night I have no part in taking any credit for that but <laughs> um, just you know establishing those relationships and seeing you know you know I I want Sierra Verde to be a place everyone wants to be, from mm -hmm. the kids to the parents to staff. And I think last night that was evident. So I'm just, you know, I'm just so happy about it. Well, they made all those teachers very happy. Like, it, ever, it was just such a happy, happy, smiley. And if they had any doubt how successful it was going to be, when they left, they had to have known because people just were just beaming. And the laser tag was a hysterical thing. It and was. bowling and all that. It was just so much fun. You yeah. haven't stopped talking all day about it. Like, it was yeah. like, you're it. like, you're like, it was just so much fun. It really and was. I, I couldn't believe you've never done laser tag. I'm I like, I'm like, um, and then, Bowling, but, but even with the sips, I had one of the PTSO volunteers come in class last year. Who ordered the peppermint mocha? Someone ordered peppermint <laughs> mocha. I hope that found its home there. Um, but she they kept saying, in my she goes, it's for STEM. And I go, oh, he didn't order that. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't order that. He doesn't do coffee. <laughs> so. uh, but yeah, so I was cracking up and she's like, 221 STEM. I'm like, I'm 222. But like, uh, <laughs> I, know, I, I definitely didn't order a peppermint mocha. Uh, but it's so cool of, of what they're, they're giving back. And even I was walking with Tebow and, you two were talking about how fast your donor's shoes like supplies yeah, oh, arrived yeah, that's, like that's the next day and um ann was just talking about you know where that started she first saw that in our legend springs like sierra verde meetup and she was so excited about getting those into our classrooms and now we have more of the announcement mics wireless mics that you got from a donor's shoes Wait, and, what she got you know, oh, oh sorry yeah ann tebow got i think i'm pretty sure she got five 
Apple Osmos uh, for her classroom yep. when she's dibbling kids, and and they're amazing. If you don't know what the Apple Osmos are, they basically hook up to an iPad. You can do like drawing, coding, spelling words, phonics. It's, it's truly an amazing thing what the Apple Osmos are, and you'll see them all over our campus so from cool. kindergarten yeah, through third grade, and pr- pretty cool stuff there. And also, we gotta give Ann Tebow a shout out from listening to the podcast. We love you, Ann. Yeah. She's on Twitter now, and she's Woo-hoo! crushing it. She's like, and she's like so excited. Like she's like, she's like, I'm not like you guys, but I get so excited. You see so much stuff out there, <laughs> and you know, and I'm gonna call you out here. Anne's been teaching longer than I've been alive, and you know, she can outrun anybody at a 5K. Maybe not Mr. Galetti, but no, uh, just maybe her if passion. she was listening to a podcast, yeah. she might be able to. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but she's on Twitter now, so yeah. follow Mrs. Tebow. I think it's Ann Tebow or Tebow Anne. I forget what it is, but we'll uh, we'll put it in the comments there. We love that you're doing that. And Carla's still waiting us for, for us to come up with a creative creative Twitter we name for her. We won't let her down. We won't let her down. And, her down. Uh, so we love that. I think she should be O the places you'll go. Because she's sure. Mrs. O. That might be gone. But, yeah. you oh, know, we'll, we'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. I mean, PTSO, they are crushing it. And like they we've are. talked a lot about how much we've done for our class even today you were talking about like what ptso has done for both of our classes yeah. and what an impact has had on the things that we provide for our students there yep that's true my nailed it it goes out to mrs garcia uh, my daughter she often struggles with school but this kid you should see her room now with the books on saturday night last night we finished our first chapter book and it was like the greatest feeling i've ever had like when a teacher gets you so excited to read and like it's just so exciting like she we read smile and it was like so fun to we're like we're like muscled through and like it was a fun book to read because she just got braces and the whole book was about braces <laughs> and it was just so fun to like see your kid and just like love something that's like so pivotal about life and um and ryan like sat with us for the last hundred pages which is cool and like and ryan he just he just gets things he's a whippersnapper good analogy <laughs> yeah no, it's just a vocab word. Yeah, i support it yeah <laughs> um but yeah so like ryan he's in there he's like picking up on context clues and ryan was actually reading a lot of the pages which is cool he's in first grade and um and the things mrs garcia is introducing her to like she sent home a fish in a tree which is this book an amazing book i haven't started reading it but it's i guess book. mackenzie was I've just like it. on the yep. edge of her seat the entire time listen to this book and Mackenzie took it out from the library um, and took it back because Mrs. Garcia gave her her copy until the end of November and it's just uh, just that love of reading and it's so cool to kind of see what she's doing for my daughter and you gave her sisters and even today she was like she's like I'm ready to start sisters so that's the next book in that series yeah so wait can I piggyback off something you just said there yeah. though so it's funny that you, it's I love that you just shared that story because when we were talking about we were doing a little um, plug for Talent Thursdays and you know we've been talking a lot about our talents and then I told you you know she and I had a real heart to heart recently about like what what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are and I asked her what her strengths are and I thought the first thing she would say would be dance because she's a dancer I mean she eats breathes sleeps dance and the first thing she said is I'm a great reader and if you would have asked her that a year ago, two years ago, yeah. she would never have said that because her her esteem in that department was just not strong yet. And now, and she didn't love it. You know, I remember trying to give her books like you know, hand me down books, and she's like, "I'm good." And uh, so to see a total switch in her is truly amazing. 
yeah, so pretty pretty awesome thing there. I failed it this week. I think, uh, you know, kudos to the admin team. It was a rainy week in Arizona. They gave us jeans on, was that Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday? It was Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. We, yeah. had, we had jeans there. It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, and Wednesday was pouring out there, and my jeans got soaked, and my shoes were soaked, my socks were soaked. I, I need some boots. I need some rain boots, you know, something some you don't buddies. think you need in Arizona. Yeah. But uh, that was definitely my fail, that not, not being prepared for the rain. And, and uh, wet jeans are heavy. But, yeah, but <laughs> the wind was having jeans. Like, that was, like, talking about i mean it was coming down in arizona <laughs> it was crazy like it you know really kids was. coming around and you know and i but, think i think mrs chesborough sent out a picture uh it was hailing down down that way down in yeah, avondale yeah kids were sledding yeah kids were sledding in arizona awesome. yeah. quarter size hail looked like yeah. it was wow. snowing yeah and like cover the ground like they were doing aerials like it was, it was crazy that is crazy but yeah, so you talk about the admin life there. I mean, talk about boosting the morale, the sips, you know, the, the <laughs> staff party with jeans, like jeans on jeans a rainy this week. week. Yeah. 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 See the email, jeans this week. I'm telling you, you're making people very happy. That's right. It's the little wins. things. Literally, we get so excited about jeans days. And I mean, coffee takes a little bit more effort. But uh, yeah, we are huge fans of that. Well, it's crazy. <laughs> like you talked about, like, you know, you've been here a little less than a year and a half. And it seems like you've been here forever I already, know. you know. It really does. Not, not that we're forgetting you paul and nicole we love yeah. you both but yeah. it just seems like you've just been you know part of this this culture this campus and everything um that sv represents uh, to this neighborhood but with that being said what what is your story in education yeah yeah so i i started off teaching you know i, I graduated um back in the midwest in ohio you know it's been like uh, this is my 12th year now in education uh 13th year yeah, I can't believe it's 1920 <laughs> already. Yeah. People will fact check. Yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> check my Wikipedia. Page. Um, and back, it was right, you know, right around when the when the economy was was down, and so back in the Midwest there were no teaching jobs, and so they, uh, you know, Arizona was recruiting a lot of people out of you know Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, Minnesota, wherever, and so. Um, came out and, and taught and my first job was in Fountain Hills way out in the East Valley and I taught love Fountain Hills yeah it's beautiful um, I, I took the job over the phone never had, had never been to the town at all didn't know anything but I needed a job so um, and I, I taught three years of um, social studies taught high school social studies for three years and coached uh, varsity soccer out there and then you know I just happened to start my master's degree my last you know my third year of teaching and in in March, and in June, uh, it's a very small district. So I got a call from the the uh, middle school principal. I was at the high school, but the middle school principal called me, and somehow had found out I was starting my degree in administration. And he wanted to know if like I wanted to come talk one day and have lunch. And so I went, and I took, and I left his office like an hour after that, and I had been hired on as the dean of students. Wow. At Fountain Hills Middle School. Yeah, I, I was like 26 years old. I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> two months into my master's program. And now, I, I, you know, I, I took the job before I realized what I had done. Um, and so then I just started that, and, and I was the dean of students for two years till I officially got my master's degree and my uh, licensure to be an administrator in the state. And then I became assistant principal. So it was five years out there. And then, obviously, the next step, after five years in Fountain Hills as you move to the Middle East. Yeah, that's a yeah. natural. I've heard right. that, yeah. It's a very natural <laughs> career path. Yes, yes. So, yeah, that is quite a leap. Yeah, so um, 
You know, at, at that time, I had my I had a Mateo was uh, two turning three, um, and you know, my wife and I we decided we wanted to get out of Fountain Hills. It was, you know, it's an too it's an, hot. So then you went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too hot. <laughs> we needed a hot, we needed a different desert. Yeah, different temp. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to leave Fountain Hills, but we were like, well, we like we maybe want to go live in Phoenix. We want to get because Fountain Hills is kind of isolated. It's mm-hmm. an, it's a smaller community, and we kind of wanted something a little bigger. Great dog park, though. Great Fountain dog Hills. parks. Yeah, that's uh, that's so random. Oh, You've gone amazing. to the Fountain Hills. Yeah, it's it like uh, when it's it's an amazing. It goes on forever. It's like this like sprawling feel. Yeah. Like when we first lived in Scottsdale, um, we would always drive up to this dog park in Fountain Hills, and beautiful. Like that. the houses there, Eagle Mountain Golf Course. Like I've hit some of these like two million dollar houses right yep. on the course. Well like I, I should not be on that golf course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but and that was I, Tony talking I love it but maybe yeah <laughs> all right go on now is your wife is your wife uh from is so she from arizona or? she's no she's from ohio so i'm from okay. michigan she's from ohio we met in college in cincinnati um and so she she was working in the fountain hills district as well so I, you know i was at the middle school she was at the district level kind of is and t um and she she was working there and we decided we wanted to do something different and we, we definitely we, we knew we wanted to move and I, on a whim over Christmas break, uh, I guess it's six years ago now, my last year there, I applied. I, I'd known a few people that had worked in Abu Dhabi in the Middle East. Um, and for whatever reason, I, I was just intrigued enough to just put out the application and, and give it a whirl. And so I put, out the, I put in the application and it, like, you get like an automatic um, video like screening interview. It's not like it's just you know, a, a taped interview where you have to give your questions. So you kind of do that. And then for like a month, I didn't hear anything, didn't really think about it. Um, and then in uh, March, so this was like early January, I did all that. And then in March, I had a, uh, a like a live Skype interview with someone from the recruiting company. And then I got a phone call like in April on a it was right around easter on a, on a thursday like hey we have you scheduled for an interview it's in houston on tuesday like in oh, wow. four days wow you got to get yourself there and then like that's the final interview the way this you know the recruiting is done so i fly to houston you know book a flight hurry up jump online book a flight not a super scenic place to visit i gotta tell you no yeah not yeah. not scenic. and and yeah. you know you're scrambling to get everything done because i wasn't planning on being gone yeah so get all that done, get there, like, um, flight there was fine. I got in, I remember getting in really light. It was pouring rain. I rented this like, like little clown car nice. when we got there and, um, you know, basically went to bed, woke up and had to interview first thing in the morning. And there was all kinds of technical issues cause they kind of had some people from the middle East that were like Skyping in even though, and there was recruiters there live and there's all kinds of technical difficulties and feedback and the earphones and, uh, time zone and trans tons of issues, but got through the interview and then, um, I needed to fly. Like I was, I basically flew in and flew out almost within 24 hours, but my flight got delayed like 13 hours. So I sat in the Houston airport for like 13 hours Wow! waiting that, to get back. That's a good memory there. Yeah. And then <laughs> you're like Tom Hanks in the terminal. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear much. Like you didn't hear much after that. Cause it was like a mass interview, like hundreds of people interviewing, come back, uh, few weeks later, get the call. I got an offer to go to Abu Dhabi. And so my wife and I were like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's try. So they tell you, okay, 
you're going to get the job, but we don't know when you're going to go. So this was in like late April and like contracts are due for next year yeah. for, for fountain. Like if I want to continue being there and I had heard stories, like sometimes you don't, you get an offer, but like you don't go till like maybe even October, November, January just till they process everything. That's a huge leap of faith. Yeah. So, you know, I, whatever I, we, I didn't renew, I, I, I put in my notice and, and didn't go back to Fountain Hills. Now at this point, did anyone try to talk you out of this? They're like, they're like, you're a young guy. You're already like an assistant, an AP, like. I didn't really have anyone try, besides my parents. My parents weren't <laughs> too keen on it. Um, I can see. Yeah. yeah the, they're probably yeah. like, they're coming to live in our basement. Yeah. We're never going to get them out. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they didn't, you know, the middle, you know, the middle East can be a scary sounding place. Um, to go and let alone being that far away, you know, 17 hour flight away from your, your grandkids, uh, your grandson. And, um, so we get, did it. I, I accepted the job. Didn't, you know, like that whole, I had that whole summer off and then I was back in Michigan at my cousin's wedding over Labor Day. So, so like there'd been a month of school here already mm-hmm. since then. And I still hadn't gotten the offer yet and the, the flight to go over there. Cause it's a whole thing to get the work visa and to get everything sorted out. But I got a call like on um, Monday morning saying like your flight leaves on Thursday to go to the Middle East. Like it's time, it's go time. How do you pack up your entire? So we had yeah. been packing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we, say, we had decided we, we, we knew what, like we had the plan, like we're going to sell everything, mm-hmm. like just keep some stuff at my parents' place and just like go on the adventure and leave it kind of open-ended it, so we we got the we got the contract we got like the flight details and all that and we we had it over there for what was supposed to be two years it was a two-year initial contract um and it was amazing it was um a, a public school it wasn't an international school so um got over there and it was all um high school 10th 11th 12th grade because they kind of use a british style uh, um system over there and it was eye-opening um, so I bet. 10th, 11th, 12th grade, um, Emirati and a lot of other Arab expat, um, boys that were there at a, at a public school. And so I was an academic vice principal there and I, we ended up staying for three years and I, I mean, I could, I could talk till midnight with some of the stories we had, I um, bet. but it was, it was, it gave you so much perspective. We got to travel. I think we traveled to like 25 countries in the three years we were there. That's it, dude? Yeah. yeah <laughs> what What do you, like, miss about being over there the most? I miss um, the people I worked with. I, I really come to love the people I worked with uh, and the the time we had kind of as a family. The, the work-life balance over there is much more life than it is work. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, we were very fortunate with the schedule I had. And... Just the 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 expat community in Abu Dhabi and in Dubai, it, there's way more expats than there are locals there. Mm-hmm. So you are meeting people from literally all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, like my son went to an international school for a couple of years of pre-K, and they had like an international day at their school. And I mean, there's 60 nationalities of, of students that go there, and wow. just people from every corner of the globe, every culture, every religion. Um, and it was just, it opens your eyes to, you know, what the world looks like outside of the U.S. And it makes you appreciate a lot of things about the U.S. as well. But yeah. it just gives you a unique perspective on life, on work, on everything. 
your two truths and a lie when we do yours for spill the tea Tuesday. Yeah, you're gonna, gonna have be good. some good. Ones. I, I do have. Yeah. So well, start thinking. Yeah, I think one of your my favorite stories that you've shared is about the day that the kids showed up like with a falcon. <laughs> like, yes. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so the yeah the like the national one of the national sports in the UAE is falconry. So they like train falcon like from back you know way way back. Um, the falcons were used to hunt and gather food and so that's like this tradition is still alive today so um you know you'd come to school some days and kids would just have falcons with them like just with giant like three talons. inch talons yeah um just perched on their shoulder or they'd have their glove on and they'd um it's not uncommon to fly in and out of the middle east and there there will literally be falcons in like business class wow with their own seat for for Brown someone seat. that wow. has a fear of birds, I immediately just seized up imagining yeah. that. That sounds horrid. I've even seen, you know, driving down the highway in in the UAE, yeah, falcons. Driving? Not driving. <laughs> not, to, not to my knowledge. But they have, like, custom-built, like, falcon stands, like, on their what? center console. That is so cool. So the falcons though. are there. And I, I have seen, oh, um, like, big cats leopards and wow. tigers in the back of SUVs just driving down. That's wow. amazing. Yeah. Some serious money too. You yeah. think about like yes. the money that kind of goes it into is, this. It's mind blowing. Now what was like your greatest like experience about like visiting all these countries? Like do you have like a favorite one? Like, you know, things that you're like so happy you did this, like now that you have yeah. a second little one. Yeah. 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 We, we, yeah, we were really fortunate to, to, to have had the time and the means to be able to travel to so many places, but yeah. um, really, it, it's 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 funny how normal life can seem no matter where you are, you know, and, and especially working in, in the Middle East with people from all over too, because we worked with a, a large number of Arab expats and then a large number of like Commonwealth, um, British, Australian, Canadian, South African expats, English speaking. And, you know, our, our job there as Westerners was to try and, like, increase English knowledge and also, you know, Western standards of education mm -hmm. and, and, and instill that into the kids there. But you just get um, an appreciation for um, how similar everyone is. You know, everyone just goes to work, has a good time, likes to laugh, complains about the same things we all complain about here. Mm -hmm. all, all everyone wants to do is go home to their family and they love their families, they love each other. And a lot of the times you don't, especially when you talk about the Middle East, that's not the message that's always conveyed mm -hmm. um, in the media. And it's just it, just how hospitable the, the, you know, the Emiratis and all the Arab expats were to, to me. I mean, you, ca you can't walk through the hallways without getting, you know, food and tea and sit down and drink and sit down and, and have a conversation and have coffee and, you know, always invitations to meals. And it's just such a hospitable, warm culture. It really is. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And you've traveled. How many countries have you been to? Okay. I don't know how many countries. How On many countries? I, I think six. Six? That's about. it? Maybe more. You're all Maybe over more. the place, though. Actually, You're always traveling. I was going to say. I don't know. But I've been to, I've been to 45 of the United States. That's solid. And That's so I'm missing only five. And then, but I have traveled quite a bit. But I do think that you're right as far as that commonality. And I like that you're talking about, you know, the perception of Middle Easterners because my dad, you know, was Muslim. And, right. And, um, and so that... And he was Muslim right at the time of 9-11. He had just right. barely um, had converted. And so it stirred up a lot of 
images that people had of a whole group of people mm -hmm. and then you go and you get to know people and it's just very eye-opening and you you see the so similarities and they are as a culture very uh, nurturing and yeah. you know community is so important to them absolutely and then didn't you say they had like tea boys at their <laughs> school like talking about like coffee sips we here, did you know, yeah like so the you know was this for staff and students this is, is just for staff just not for, for staff. students yeah that would be students were on their own so P we TSO if you're listening yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you can find it in the budget we had Sips pinkies um, up <laughs> it sounds you know I, I lived it for three years now I'm saying it again it's crazy we had T boys on staff um, in our in our school and it's 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 common like in any like public building you would you would go to or service you would go to any school they would just have t-boys on staff that would um they had a kitchen and they would bring the admin and the staff tea coffee snacks um like on demand there was literally we you know i worked and i shared an office with another american vice principal from atlanta um and we shared an office for three years and got really close and we could never bring ourselves to ring the buzzer but there was a buzzer on the wall to, to signal the t-boys to come in because it was just did you just hope they would come for you well they would always come yeah. and check on us you know but <laughs> so we then, didn't feel right like well if you insist yeah yeah but they bring it to us and they'd, they'd get our order but you know it was it, it, it's such a a different experience right right yeah. i'd imagine and then coming back now so you did three years, so you stayed longer than your two-year yeah. contract, and then what was the motivation coming back? Yeah, so we, we, yeah, we extended a, a third year, and we're, we're kicking around a fourth year, but um, Mateo was getting ready to go into kindergarten, and my wife was pregnant again with our second son at the time. And so we had kind of felt the pull to come back to, to, to be closer to family um, and to get Teo into a school where he could you know, put established roots mm -hmm. and, and be settled. And so... It was really, you know, I don't know. I still say I don't know what I did in a past life to end up here, but it was very fortunate because I filled out a lot of applications around um, the Valley. And I, I'd always heard good things about, you know, I've never worked for Deer, Deer Valley before, but I'd heard a lot of good things about Deer Valley colleagues and friends that had worked here. And so there were a couple jobs opening here. And the job I originally applied for was at Legend Springs. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Small world, this yeah. education. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and obviously not knowing anything except what I, because I was in the Middle East at the time applying, getting ready to come back. And I had uh, probably the most miserable interview experience because it was, um, it was, it wasn't on Skype. It, we try, I think, yeah, it was on Skype, but we the audio quality was terrible because, like, Skype was banned in Abu Dhabi, so I had to use, like, a VPN to circumvent, and the bandwidth wasn't strong enough. So it was, like, those delayed cut. Oh, it's brutal. You know, that awful delay. Yeah. And, and it was, I think I stayed up really late, and it was really early here because of the time change. Um, and we would get, like, a question or two in, and then we would cut off. And there was like 15 people around the table, and I felt so bad because they're all here trying to interview me. And my internet, it's, it's obviously on my end. It's <laughs> cutting in and out, and um, I just like, well, I'll, I'll never hear from Deer Valley again. That was, you know, I bombed that. And then they sent me like the questions in a, where they would just answer the, I would answer the question, and they, they're supposed to give me like five minutes to respond. But they screwed up, and they gave me a minute to respond. Oh geez. So and they didn't mean to. Talk like about they, speed they had dating. like a screener <laughs> they had like a screener setting they would use 
th that I had to do an interview, everyone has to do for admin, like a personality screener. So they kept those settings, but they gave me the admin questions. I was supposed to have five minutes to respond. And so I remember getting these like long, like three part questions and I had a minute <laughs> you know, and the timer's going yeah. is you're like recording yourself, which I hate to do anyway. I hate looking at myself and hearing myself as I'm, you know, answering these questions. Irony on a podcast. It is irony. <laughs> I won't listen. Um, and so I'm scrambling through all this, speaking like a million miles an hour to get it done. And I, I think there was 10 questions. And then I get in like an email back at like 10 minutes later. They're saying, we're so sorry. You were supposed to have five minutes, but man, you... You killed it. Like you did. You did great. Like thank you so much for. Um, and so I said, yeah, I'm sure that's what they tell everybody. And so then I, I'm, um, I got the call back that they went with another candidate for Legend Springs. Um, actually, I was in um, Austria at the time. I had just finished uh, a hundred kilometer race in in Austria, and I was on a train to Switzerland to fly back to the U.S. And I got a call from, from Jenna at HR saying, you know, we loved you, we really loved you, but we went with a different candidate, you know, but we really want to get you on staff somewhere. There's no openings right now, but we really want to keep you in mind. And I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah let's see to everybody. You're like, I can't walk because yeah. I just finished this race, but cool, yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're like, my head's just nodded. Yeah, I have no yeah. idea how many podcasts I just listened to. <laughs> so I'm starting to freak out at this point because I'm on like – my wife and kid, you know, she's eight months, no, seven months, six months pregnant at the time. So they're already back here in, in Arizona. And I'm on, like, I kind of stayed a little longer and closed everything out and was traveling back. And no job yet. No job, no insurance. My wife's pregnant. Yeah, you know. what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. what could possibly go wrong? And um, a few days after I got back to Phoenix, I got a call. Oh, they just opened up. Because I had applied for the Sierra Verde job but I didn't make it through whatever screening they, they did. Mm -hmm. And so I applied and I get a, a call like a day or two after I landed. Oh yeah, like that job is open again. I didn't know why, but I, and I'm here and I, and I interviewed and I came in and um, you know, it was a big committee or, around the table at district office. And then, you know, I was on my way back to Fountain Hills cause we were staying with my parents at the time. And you know, like 40 minutes, but almost home. And I got the call, like they, they wanted to go with you. And I was like the most, the most joy I felt like in a really long time, like the relief and the joy. And then I ended up going to the the board meeting when they officially, you know, mm -hmm. approve you at the board meeting. And then there's two dozen people from Sierra Verde that have never met me that are there. And I, I you know, in the interview, of course, everyone tells you, you know, it's a special campus, it's a special place, but you don't know that. They, mm -hmm. You think they tell everybody that mm -hmm. everywhere. And kinda so like, I get what Jenna Moffat does. Yeah, <laughs> we love you. We love you. We're gonna keep you mind. I get to the board meeting and I'm like, I, I think it's just gonna be me and like, you know, just the district office staff. It's summer break, everyone's gone, and there's like two dozen people from Sierra Verde there to welcome me, and it was the coolest and most overwhelming feeling. Um, uh, like since I got the phone call to accept the job, and ever since then, it's just really been a continuation of that. You know, this is such a special place with such amazing and dedicated, uh, you know, teachers and, and community and students. And um, it's just been such a blessing for me and my family to be here. And, you know, I'm just trying to hold on and not screw this thing up. Well, I think that so many people came partly like 
you know, we we lost our our leader, right? So it's like and I, I know how know, beloved, and yeah, that's the yeah, thing. Like Paula for was, you to is. come in, that had to have been so because I'm sure it was probably better that you didn't know necessarily yes. what you were coming into, absolutely, in a lot of ways because it was it was big shoes to fill. Phil, but then I think people came because it was just like we want, you know. Well, I wasn't there. I can't say we, but no offense. I, you know, it was a summer. Yeah, it's okay. So and but you know everybody enveloped you because it was like you're coming in to this family and I think it was so important for everybody to be there to, it's like greeting yeah. someone at the gate at the airport you know it's like okay exactly. now you're one of us you know? well like, I think I had people. like 40 emails from no one, people I had no idea who that I know. did email you yes I do remember that yeah but I think that was the thing is it's just for us it's so much more than a job it's very much like it is now this is like our people you know mm-hmm. but so what was that like though to come in because like, we're well, a crazy group you know yeah well, you're right. I mean, like you said, you're not a details person, and that's that's that played to my advantage too, because I'm not either. So I, pro- ignorance is bliss in a lot of ways, I think. So I didn't do a ton of digging ab- about what the situation was, mm-hmm. like where, what you know, what Paula, what she was or yeah. wasn't doing, right? You know, what the situation was, how long she'd been here, and all that. But like I slowly kind of understood, and then I saw like all the awards Sierra Verde had won, and all the awards she had won, like Administrator of the Year. And all this, and then I started to be like, okay, like, wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I said to some people, like before I started here, like I, like I almost would rather go into a failing school because, like, you can only go up. Yeah. Ra- rather than you know, it was very intimidating, um, very intimidating to come to, and I don't get intimidated easily, uh, which is probably a good thing. But uh, I, I remember in service those first three days, you know, meeting everybody. Yeah, you know, I, I met people sporadically like in June and July, but I remember walking into this room where we're in the media center right now and walking into this media center, like scared out of my mind for the first day to meet everybody. Just the size of the group and the caliber of the group and, you know, just the story of Sierra Verde. And I, then I, I had known how much, you know, I'd met with Paula a bunch, you know, obviously her still being a district and knowing what an amazing job she did. And, you know, she got obviously, you know, promoted up to district for all, you know, well deserved yeah Yeah. but you know that's very intimidating and um you know i'd been a little easier in some ways like they'd like run her out of here because she she was so terrible and you're like good news (laughs) yeah yeah i'm here to say yeah i mean because you we got rid of mrs nelson yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly (laughs) i mean because you're coming into that and then we have such big personalities and because it's such a community like a a general it's really genuinely a family people don't leave really so people have been here and so they've seen people come and go Oh, but they're like there's people that are there's they're here for a reason you know so then that's gotta be a little tough yeah yeah and then you find out like there's still i think half a dozen people that opened this campus yeah. almost 20 years ago yeah it's it's it, and i tell everybody and the people that have been here for so long like this is such a unique mm-hmm. school and such a unique place that sometimes we can get sucked into this like sierra Verde bubble like life is this good everywhere and mm-hmm. we are so fortunate and so that's where i think one thing that that having been around and being obviously being overseas, it makes me that much more appreciative of, of all we've got here. Like yeah. I, I really see, um, we're just, we're blessed. Yeah. Hashtag truth. Yeah. Now, and it's kind of a crazy story. Like someone accepted the SV job and then they really had like an inkling to uh, take a high school job and, you know, that opened up the yeah. door for you. And, yeah. You know, I was just so excited and like, you know, what you've been able to do. And, um, you know, we talked about obstacles. We were talking before the podcast, like some of the biggest obstacles 
what are some of the biggest obstacles from like an admin standpoint, like moving forward with education? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, in the U.S. and in, in probably in Arizona, even more so than the nation as a whole, like work, a lot of times educators, teachers are like the punching bag a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And we're not always valued. We're not always trusted. We're not always treated as professionals the way, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, other fields are. Um, I, and I remember I was working in, in Abu Dhabi and I was, um, another principal was from Finland. He was from Helsinki. He oh, was a very, geez, six, so good. yeah, very, you, know, you hear all the stories and all yes. the data out of Finland and they, they, they crush it, you know, mm-hmm. you love Finland. Like well, every time you find some study, you're like, look at this, look at what they're doing. They're pioneers. And I feel like they they're well respected, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. So the reason he was there is. Um, in Abu Dhabi, they had set up a Finnish model school based mm-hmm. off of what they do in oh, Finland. Wow. And that was that was why he was there. But he had traveled to the U.S. on some kind of exchange. And I don't remember the length of it, but that's not the point. He was in the Boston area for a while. Um, I don't think a full school year, maybe a semester. And he, he left and he said he could never, like, be an administrator or a school leader in the U.S. because he just could not get his head around why people questioned his authority and why people didn't trust him. Like, he he wasn't mad. He was, like, confused. Like, do you speak this way to your doctor? Do you question, you know, do you question your lawyer? Do you question all these other professionals? Because I'm a professional, too. And in Finland, like, getting into the teaching college and teaching is, like, the the career in highest esteem in their social order. So it, it was such a disconnect for him to see that lack of respect and trust, you know, big picture. Um, and I think we, we see that a lot and we're, we're facing, you know, a teacher shortage. We're facing, you know, our enrollment in teachers colleges is way down. And I see that as a big, like a big picture obstacle, you know, not just in Sierra Verde, but just across the country as we have a big generation of teachers about to retire as well. And we need to make sure we're attracting um teachers to you know to be in front of our kids and I think that's globally the biggest struggle we face right now um, and I think we do a great job of, of, of fighting that here on campus no oh, yeah and then, like you think it too like uh, like you know we're almost like at zero turnover like every year it's yeah. like maybe one or two teachers and again like you talked about how blessed we are yeah to be on this campus and these things and when you look at just the state of Arizona I think I read a report last week that there's 20 percent of teachers in the state of Arizona do not have like a teacher certificate right. or credential teacher and then I think you've done like a great job to like you know, really bring that European like mindset of like work-life balance. Yeah. And that's something that you've really promoted. And I totally. know that's, you know, like meant so much to the entire staff. Jean's days are great too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Keep those coming. Keep yeah. Those coming. yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but like, I like, like we talked about like that, that shortage, like I, I don't think people really understand the crisis that's about to happen no. to this country. And they think like with the way things can be done with online and things, you know, and just put yeah. anything in like, Time and time again, the number one thing is like a great teacher is the most important thing to put in front of those yep. kids. And and we talk about, you know, how blessed our kids are and how fortunate they are to go to this school at, yeah. out of any place on the planet. And it's these people. I talked about Mrs. Garcia. Um, so, you know, like what impact it has on our kids. Yeah. And 
um, where a lot of schools, you know, they're facing like I have friends that are principals and, you know, just trying to hire someone. It's yeah. just like just pulling hair out. Yeah, just trying and like, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're lowering their standards. And, Absolutely. Um, but just that work life balance when you talk about like, you know, shutting down like all of your weekly updates or like, how are you going to unplug and yeah. of this three days, take two days away and just be with your family. And that's just been such a great message. And, and I think, you know, it's, an, it's, it's, it's important for anyone to, to say that, but that's what really changed my opinion because living over in, in the Middle East for three years, it really did change my perspective. That's not just something you say, it's something you practice. So like when, when I, you know, first met everybody in, in Abu Dhabi, like they, we didn't talk for the first week I was out on campus, there was no work talk. It was just mm-hmm. like getting to know you, how's your family, how's your kids, you know? And, and through different levels of translation in English, but and then like when the day ends, the day ends. You don't you don't check email from home. You don't uh, you know you don't stay late. Like you need to go to your family. That's where you need to be. Um, otherwise, you're no good to us here. And that's that's something I came to really respect and embrace and and try to um, fight back that you know grind yourself until you're burned out mentality that we can have in the U.S. sometimes. And I think. Um, when we look at like, um, you know, we're hosting like nine, uh, student teachers right now. And we're one of the few districts that doesn't pay our student teachers to be in front of kids. We're at such a shortage right now that a lot of student teachers are being thrown right into the classroom to do their student teaching. And their, their mentor teacher is in the classroom next door with a full class. And that's the kind of level we're at. I think there's like 1300 unfilled, um, jobs just in Maricopa County, teaching jobs right now, just in Maricopa County. Wow. And it's it's real. And then you talk about even that burnout from a young teacher, you know, yeah. like like how fortunate these uh, mentor teachers are. And you've had a couple come in to visit your class. Yeah. And they just have amazing mentors. So, like, you know, yeah. talk they about really that longevity do. and, like, that passion and all those little nuances, like, that they're going to pick up from these teachers and, and how many of them want to work at Sierra Verde, you know? Yeah, exactly. Gonna, like, yeah. you know, you're in a tough position. Like, you know, Create their own demand. I'm going to have yeah. to watch behind my bag. I'll yeah. Like yeah. Harding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they be hungry again. Yeah, and, and, and they see like, you know, what kind of place this is and, you know, and, and it's tough. And like, I remember being in that same position and where I was, you know, sure. just like, you know, and it was kind of in that time where the state of Arizona was even at a freeze, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they were in a hiring freeze and how crazy is that? Yeah, like, right. you know, that was 10, 11 years ago, like, you know, teachers getting riffed, like, you yeah, know, yeah. and like, it's insane. And now it's just where this is 10 years later. It's and wild. But it's truly amazing to kind of see uh, my son has uh, Mrs. Perry, who's truly amazing, uh, working with Mrs. Willis and the things that she's learning from Mrs. Willis and to have her work, you know, with my son and how much my son loves having her in the classroom and just to have that opportunity to be on this campus, kind of see like, what what a great school can be like and yeah. it's gonna be tough it's gonna I, I feel bad for them i hope they're not listening but uh you know like uh and they're they are amazing all of them are yeah. amazing their own way and what they bring well to we're trying campus. to yeah build that pipeline so they all get hired at least in deer valley i mean obviously we can't hire them all but like for them, them to have deer valley yeah for the like but the models like the people that they're working yes. with oh my gosh like that is some stellar uh teacher experience well, that they're getting to witness yeah. and like you know and like what you said to see what it can be and then you know hopefully they know they have confidence and in, in their worth and you know understand what it should look like and you know i think that's so important for them going forward exactly and we you know 
and I, I think I see this, it's probably a little idealistic, but you know, when you have a high performing school and we have an amazing staff like that, I, like, I really do see that as our duty, like our greater duty to share that out and to, you know, to fight all the negative stuff you hear about schools and about teachers all the time and, and you know, failing schools and public education and a lot of the stuff that, that's just not true. There's so many good things happening. So many. Uh, in schools across you know, across the state and across the country, you know, hop on Twitter, and you can. You, there's amazing things happening. You don't always hear about it, so I think it's important for people to come see that in practice here and realize that wherever you go, you can take this, and everybody gets better, and kids win. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you're at a highly performing school, it is kind of your duty to to share in that and not to to hoard it all up and like like it's a zero-sum game yeah i agree and it's truly been awesome i love when people come on campus like we had some people from the nau grant yeah. which they're getting ready to start another cohort and they popped in and i was like oh and they want to see like where we're going from that yeah. like this one grant like you know has it like had a stalemate are we keep moving forward and their their heads are just like spinning i'm like oh and they're doing this and they're doing this and these kids are working on this and yep. i'm like i'm like we're just motoring on that's what we do and yeah. they were just like so blown away by where you know being part of this grant but you know even not being part of this grant like you know we just get excited but we love sharing and yeah and the twitter is yeah. a big part of that and you know presenting and and you know we've talked about doing like teacher academies and you know just share these things of like what you can do and how you can get kids excited and yeah. you know what is working here and you know we're big believers and you know we want to learn that stuff too you know right. we want to give that to our to our students yeah totally I just well, and it's nice because you know I want to give you kudos because Paula had a vision and had things going on a certain trajectory, and then now you've picked up the baton and you're running literally Paula, <laughs> uh, with it, and you know, well and played, you well are taking things in a totally different, not different, but just further on. And there's some really exciting things that are on the horizon, and it's just such a dynamic you know thing to watch this next part you know yeah and I'm really excited about it because you know it's really awesome for us because we're ready to you know like yeah that's and 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 I mean I don't just say I really you know I am so lucky because this staff you got I mean the ideas are are here it's really I I just try to, to 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 channel that energy and to find the resources to support because um, you know, without dedicated staff, you know, it doesn't matter who's the principal. Yeah, know. well, it, yeah. Paula, it Paula did all the heavy lifting, so I'm just trying to try and, you know, keep it, keep us on the rails and keep us going down the, the tracks. Um, but it's just, you know, I really just love to hear, like, I want to embrace that, you know, the, the fail forward that you guys embrace so much and that, that's on campus. It's, it's contagious because that's how we all grow and that's how kids grow. Grow, and that's how learning is going. Like that we're at, we're at a we're at a, a transition point, you know, in education in general, and it's exciting to kind of be totally. on the cutting edge of it yeah. and trying to help, you know, set that set that course. Yeah, I agree, and I think that right when like when we were talking about with Paula and Nicole, the big thing that was on the horizon was really, really just the big push for STEM, mm-hmm. and then now there's a totally different like that same excitement level of like, oh my gosh, there's all these really cool things just about to start here on our campus specifically, but just in education, and it has that same sense of excitement to me. Well, yeah, and 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 you know, it's such a, you know. We're what two or three weeks away uh, past the the bond and override election, and you know the community 
you know, voting overwhelmingly to pass and yes. to continue to fund these amazing things that are going on. Not all districts had that. And that's, that's, it's so important to have that buy-in from parents to step in. And now, you know, there are so many resources our, our kids are going to have access to because yeah. the taxpayers have said, this is important. This yeah. is a priority. And now, you know, district's going to be buying all the Chromebooks and the iPads. So that money is going to free up us to do even greater things. And we are just, um, you know, I know we're always chopping at the bit to get, you know, more in front of our kids. Truly. And you have a first grader. Mateo was in first grade. Yeah. And then your youngest just turned one. Just turned one. Just yeah. turned one. Going on 15. Now, what are you mm. most excited about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most excited about the future of education? I'm really excited to see, you know, what, you know, what we're asking, how we're asking kids to learn. You know, the, the, when the new kind of Common Core movement and standards came out eight or nine years ago now, it scared a lot of people. And there was, you know, a lot of politics involved in it that's not really relevant for our purposes. But what we're asking kids to do, you know, the, the critical thinking skills, the soft skills that we're teaching, the, um, you know, having kids come to their own answers and their own conclusions. We're not spoon feeding anymore. Um, we're really trying to create, you know, lifelong learners that can think on their feet. They don't just know how to do skills. They know when to apply those skills and when not to apply those skills, where to find those resources and just developing that persistence and that grit, you know, sometimes it becomes, um, you know, something you just say, like you need to grit, but really at Sierra Verde, it's practiced. Like kids are struggling through problems and we're not giving them the answer. They right. have to do it on their own. And that is going to pay off, you know, huge as they get into high school and beyond because, we don't know what we're preparing them for. We're, we're I, I think we're going to see um, a decrease in you know traditional four-year college enrollment out of high school, and I think that's a good thing um, because we've been trying to force kids into the same box for too long, and that's not feasible, and that's not what our world needs right now. So I think we need to prepare kids um, for life after graduation, and that's not always going to be a and shouldn't always be a four-year you know degree. It's it, it, we need to expose them to fields and to passions that they can, you know, they're so fortunate here to be able to be, you know, they're producing videos. They're, it's a full-on production suite in the announcements. They're, they're coding. They're, they're, they're putting all these skills into practice mm -hmm. that usually kids are lucky if they get in high school and they're getting them here in first, second, third grade. So that's what we're trying to do is give them a leg up. Well said. Well said. Well, <laughs> this is this has been such a blast. Thank you so much for coming on. I feel like we got to do another whole podcast yeah. just about your experience over yeah. there and just share just stories, stories about uh, yeah, share stories from the Middle East. I think we should do it by a fireside. That yeah. sounds like a, like yeah. a fireside yeah. chat with Mr. Galetti. Yeah. I think so. And uh, I, I had so much fun doing this, and it was so great to kind of hear your perspective on these things and you know what's happening on our campus. And like you've just been so gung ho and like just so positive positive and have that yes mentality and we're like we want to do this and you're like well you gotta Fine ask yeah, yeah. what's your quote you always say like they can't say yes unless you ask yeah, like right. you know and uh so we it's ask been, a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right well sometimes we get to that point and then we don't ask and yeah. then so like you've really pushed us to the yeah, point that's of true. like I ask the question yeah and we'll yeah. find out and we'll find um, a way to make it work yeah, it's contagious so. though it's not it stems from 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 within yeah no truly and it's uh it's just so exciting like 
you know, you can be nervous with a new administrator coming in and be like, oh, are they going to clip our wings? And yeah, right. you, you've, you've, made, you've turned us into falcons. You're like, <laughs> you're like, build the little, uh, what's the little console thing? Like, oh, yeah. My yeah. God. <laughs> then, that was uh, a great <laughs> analogy, by the way. I'd like to publicly acknowledge <laughs> his, his falcon. Yes, yeah. brought uh, it right back. You know, uh, the perch. We're, we're not peacocks, yeah. but uh, <laughs> we're falcons. Uh, we will soar. But uh, I had so much fun. It was so great listening to your stories. I, I said I wouldn't be here till we had at least four continents downloaded all right well we're on and five can, wait, we're on five yeah. podcast diva <laughs> yes and uh we we hope you listen to it because uh every it was week. every i hope you, you listen to your own okay i'll force myself you know force yourself to listen to yourself and uh, i know all of our listeners would truly truly enjoy kind of hearing these stories yeah. and they love what you're doing for our campus and, and at the district level and talk about collaboration, the PLC, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we, we got big things in the work. More big and things ahead, that's right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. Well, we hope uh, everyone has an amazing Thanksgiving. Be thankful, people. And like we always say, if you can be anything in the world, be kind and never stop changing the world. Now, if you love stories like this, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Once you do that, every Tuesday, the Nailed It Wall will go right to your phone. That's right. Now, if you want to see pictures, videos, links, all the amazing stories, make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Mr. Lane the Stem Guy. And me at a positive proton. Be sure to follow Sierra Verde at SV Viper Pride.